Welcome to a new sponsor, A.N. Weber Incorporated. Now in their 76th year, Weber has offices in Kankakee, Illinois, Nashville, Tennessee, El Paso, Texas, and Chandler, Arizona. Whether you're looking for company equipment to haul dry van or flatbed freight, or logistic services for all types of freight, or even a career in driving, maintenance, or sales, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235. You can apply online at anweber.com. Weber has immediate openings for drivers in all areas and mechanical technicians in Kankakee, Illinois, and El Paso, Texas. Weber is also looking for logistic agents across the country. Again, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235 or apply online at anweber.com. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the 43rd edition of Weber's Whipping Post. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time to listen. This episode is entitled, Call Me Suspicious, But I Smell the Swamp. But first, this episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Group. Everybody needs insurance, so why not buy from the great folks at George Ryan Jr. Insurance, who supports programs like mine. You can depend on the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company, so please go ahead and give George a call at 815-936-0075. That's 815-936-0075. Or look them up on their website and save on insurance at grinsure.com. So CNN published an opinion piece by their token Republican on staff Jeff Duncan, who had been Georgia's lieutenant governor at one time. The piece, which must have been mandated by CNN, was called the best way to keep Trump off the ballot. Before I even go off on his little pipe dream, my first question is, who in the hell is he to assume to deny about 75 million other Americans their choice on who to vote on? Perhaps I should pen a piece on the best way for Jeff Dunn to lose his job. Guess who is now in contention for the December asshat of the month? Anyway, he starts out with practically telling the reader who he is going to vote for in the primary, Nikki Haley. The media, including the Communist News Network, must be so proud of their boy Duncan, he's promoting the candidate all the Dems want to see run. The clock is ticking, he says. The time is now to rally around her and pass Trump. He gushes because Charles Cook has thrown his support and considerable money at Haley and not the disgraced former president. His words, certainly not mine. It should be noted Cook did not back Trump in 2020 either, despite claiming to be a Republican. Haley has raised $11 million in the third quarter, Duncan gushes. Now, Trump raised $45 million, he admitted that, but Haley raised more than DeSantis, he says. He then points out that the media declared her the winner of all three Republican debates while completely overlooking what we, the great unwashed voters, thought. But this translates into momentum, he bloviates. Hey, Jeffrey, 
Who the hell cares what the media thought? They have their big, fat thumbs on the left side of the scale all the time. Despite his salacious headline, he spent most of his diatribe comparing Haley to DeSantis and not Trump. It's just another media attempt to try to sway the election, promoting only two, the headline readers and low-information voters. The Center for Disease Control, that organization that brought us all the wrong information on COVID, is warning not to eat pre-cut cantaloupe if you are unaware of the source. Evidently, there is a salmonella outbreak. Reportedly, 117 people in 34 states have become sick eating the stuff. 61 were hospitalized, and two actually died. I just passed this information on as a courtesy, folks. Did you happen to catch the liberal John Dickerson of CBS News interview the liberal and former Republican Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney interview last Sunday? What a crock that was. The headline on the website transcript shouts, The U.S. is sleepwalking into a dictatorship. She told Dickerson that if Trump is elected, it will mean the end of the republic. She also expresses alarm at how comfortable the Republican Party has become with Trump and his lies. When Dickerson pressed her further, she whined, People don't understand the extent to which the Republicans in Congress have been co-opted. We're sleepwalking into a dictatorship in the U.S. She feels new Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is a Trump collaborator who might overthrow an election. Folks, Liz Cheney is an embittered fool who's part of the swamp and has no business commenting on politics today. She sold her soul to Nancy Pelosi when she shared or chaired, rather, the January 6th commission and hid footage of what was really going on. This rhetoric that Trump is a threat to democracy or a dictator is just a new battle cry by the swamp to scare low-information voters and headline readers. Well, I called for it to happen at the beginning of November, and it looks like it might be coming to fruition. Shoei Otani, the spectacular free agent, Asian ball player who played for the LA Angels last year has decided to sign with a new team. It was reported that he wants to decide this week while the owners are still meeting. Heck, by the time you hear this, he may have already signed, but the man is expecting a billion dollar contract. You heard that right a billion dollars to play baseball. And it sounds like there are teams actually considering it. My bet. He will be playing in a cubby blue next year. Hope I'm wrong. The fans in the city of whoever gets him are going to pay dearly to see him. You can bet on that. Well, the House got around to tossing George Santos out of his ear last Friday, called an historic event by the media because Santos was the first Republican thrown out. He was joined by Jim Traficant in 2002 and Mike Myers in 1980, both of whom served prison terms. Three others were thrown out in 1861 for backing the Confederacy, Henry Burnett, John Reed, and John Clark. Accused of blatantly stealing from his campaign, like the sanctimonious others in Congress don't, Santos has been indicted on 23 counts for a variety of charges. Perhaps because he stole it blatantly while the others did so cleverly, he had to be made an example of. 
Surprisingly, four Democrats voted against or present about kicking Santos out. Makes me wonder if they thought, there but before God go I. In all, 311 House members voted to tossing him to the curb and 114 voted against it. Imagine that. 114 with a conscience. So I was listening to Newt Gingrich's podcast the other day when he said something in passing I did not know. He didn't elaborate, so I went online to see what else I could find and ran across an excellent commentary by Valerie Hudson in the Desiree News. Evidently, right-wing parties are taking hold in Europe. This came as a pleasant surprise. Newt made it sound like it was going on all over Europe, with the exception of the United Kingdom, as evidently their conservative party is in shambles. Ms. Hudson referenced the recent gains in the Dutch parliament in the Netherlands in which they have become the majority party. She says similar results have happened in Sweden, Italy, Austria, France, Spain, Finland, and Switzerland. Further research on my part resulted in finding the right has also had other successes eastward into Hungary, Slovakia, and New Zealand. In South America, Javier Malay, he was called a radical by the libertarian populist in the media, which means conservative by normal people, he was elected president of Argentina. And in Canada, Justin Trudeau's communist regime has just about run its course. According to Ms. Hudson, there are three issues causing people to vote for conservatism, some of them the first time in their life. They are unchecked immigration, gender ideology, and climate change policy. She mentioned unchecked immigration in the Netherlands, a country of 17 million people, now with a half a million foreign migrants arriving each year. Like Chicago and New York, there is no place to put all these immigrants. Perhaps the world is finally coming to its senses after all. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology, celebrating 30 years of practice. Dr. Hoffman specializes in general musculoskeletal conditions, neurology, sports injuries, acupuncture, electrodiagnostics, and comprehensive wellness management. Dr. Hoffman provides exceptional care for patients of all ages, from infants to the elderly, from expectant moms to athletes. Dr. Hoffman's goal is to provide all patients a tailored treatment plan based on an extensive history, a thorough exam, and x-rays. Contact Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology for more information or to schedule. That number is 815-937-0446. I was wandering about the internet when I came upon an interesting article about right-wing rockers. That'd be rock and rollers. Who knew there was such a thing? Interestingly, none of them mentioned were women. The list includes some heavy names like Eric Clapton and Rolling Stone's bassist, now retired Bill Wyman. Phil Collins is on the list, who once moved out of the UK to Switzerland in 1997 when the left-leaning Labour Party won the election. Ted Nugent is on the list, but everybody knew that about the Motor City Madman. Same for Kid Rock, also from Michigan. Here's a few rockers that might surprise you, though. The late Elvis Presley, the king of rock, was a right-winger, as is Gene Simmons of Kiss. 
the late Johnny Ramone, also named John Cummings, of the Ramones, the late Meatloaf, Marvin Aday, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth, Sammy Hager from Van Halen, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, and Mike Love from the Beach Boys. The late Charlie Daniels is a diehard right-winger, as is Alice Cooper and Hank Williams Jr. I was surprised to find out Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top fame was a righty, as was Jeff Baxter from the Doobie Brothers. Lesser-known right-wingers are Chad Sexton from the band 311, Tom Araya from Slayer, and the late Pat Denizio of the Smithereens. And there were some others, but I had never heard of them or their band. It sure is good to know there are rockers out there that are both talented and conservative. It is refreshing when you consider pukes like Bruce Springsteen canceling a show in North Carolina because they outlawed men from using the women's bathroom. Juicy Smollett may be going back to prison after all. Or is that Jesse? Remember Jesse, he was a clown who reported to the Chicago police he was a victim of a racist and homophobic attack by two men in January of 2019. Juicy is both black and gay. He was originally sentenced to 150 days in jail following his conviction, 30 months probation, restitution to the city of $120,000, and a fine of $25,000. But due to the racist and crooked state's attorney, Kim Fox, and her shenanigans, Smollett was let out of jail in only six days pending appeal. Four years later, they got around to the appeal, and the Illinois Appeals Court upheld the conviction. So now Smollett will clog up the docket for the Illinois Supreme Court and remain free for a while more. When he loses, or they decline the case, he should be made to pay more money for wasting everybody's time. The entire act was caught on surveillance cameras, and the two brothers who supposedly committed the crime have been exonerated. I came across an article saying researchers have found the oldest black hole ever seen. I almost skimmed over the article as I wondered of what use that information would be to somebody, but they had an interesting concept to lay out when considering the age of the universe that I wanted to share with you. When thinking of the age of the universe, think of it in terms of a standard 12-month calendar, a concept put out by Carl Sagan. Keep in mind the calendar represents 13.8 billion years, or a little over a billion years per month. On January 1st at 12 a.m., the Big Band occurs, which is the start of our calendar. On March 15th, about over two and a half billion years later, the Milky Way, our galaxy, started to form. Around September 1st, about 10 billion years after the Big Bang, our solar system got around to forming. A couple more billion years go by, and the first multicellular organisms start to appear on the third rock from the sun, planet Earth. Another billion years or so later, and Homo sapiens finally arrived at 11.53 p.m. on December the 31st. That means in a year's calendar, we got here about seven minutes ago. I don't know about you folks, but I find that astonishing. Oh, and that black hole that is supposed to be so old, it would date all the way back to the second week of January, about 13.3 billion years ago. I have no idea what they intend to do with that information.
Well, we had some prominent Americans die last week. And as usually the case, they came three at a time. First, we lost the our first lady, Rosalind Carter, followed up by former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, and then the first woman on the Supreme Court, Sandra Day O'Connor. Incredibly, the Carters had been married 77 years. As is usually the case, all the still-living former First Ladies attended Mrs. Carter's service, including Melania Trump. She certainly outclassed the likes of Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton. You know, I couldn't find the source of the following statement, nor if it was actually ever said, but I do find it quite appropriate anyway. I was emailed this statement from a friend in Tennessee. The story goes a U.S. Navy admiral was attending a naval conference that included admirals from the U.S., England, Canada, Australia, and France. The admirals were at a cocktail reception, and everyone was chatting in English as they sipped their drinks. A French admiral started complaining that Europeans learn many languages, but Americans only English. He wants to know why they had to speak English in these type conferences rather than speaking French. Well, an American admiral was in with the group, and he replied without hesitating, maybe it's because the Brits, the Canadians, the Aussies, and the Americans arranged it so that you wouldn't have to speak German. What a great story. Don't look now, but the guy who predicted the Lehman collapse is warning that the U.S. is in trouble again. Robert Kiyosaki, who also wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, states the U.S. is in serious financial troubles, and he places that blame on our debt load. Talking recently to Neil Cavuto on Fox, he mentioned part of the problem with the $33 trillion debt is because of the Three Stooges, Biden, Fed Chairman Fred Powell, and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen overseeing our economy. The statement that got my attention is when he said, all you do is look at history. Every time they printed money, the empire went down. He said further that the government will continue printing money to pay for the country's rising debt unless they cut back on entitlements or the military. Well, here's something I always wondered if could be done. The widower of a New Orleans woman who was dragged and killed by teenage carjackers last year has sued the kid's parents. Ricky Fricky, 73, is suing for $50,000 in damages for his wife's death for loss of income and emotional stress. Not only did they jack the woman's car, she was viciously beaten and then purposely drugged behind her car 200 yards by her seatbelt, an act that severed her arm while she pleaded for her life. An 18-year-old man, John Honoré, was convicted of second-degree murder, of which he will be sentenced in January, and his three girlfriends, ages 15 to 17, have pleaded guilty to manslaughter. It's not looking good for John, either. The girls have already gotten 20 years each. If it were up to me, I'd remove one of his arms, too. I like this idea. If you're going to spawn them, then you owe society the courtesy of making them stay out of trouble for 18 years. Otherwise, you're liable. Here's to hoping Mr. Fricky wins his case and the jury awards him an additional punitive monies as well. There was a headline this week that read, Locked in a four-billion-year-old dance, 
six new exoplanets demonstrate the cosmic beauty of resonant orbits. If you understand that headline, would you please go read the article and then explain it to me? A hot air gas bag John Kerry, who knows he's better than us, shot off his big mouth again last week. Our so-called climate czar, whatever the hell that is, jetted over on his private jet to Dubai for the annual United Nations Climate Summit. This is where the big shots get together and decide what they're going to make the little people do, us, for their planet. Naturally, they have no intention to being bound to the rules they make for the rest of us. Kerry was sent over with a note pinned to his lapel to tell the world that the Biden administration is forging ahead with its green agenda, committing the U.S. to not building any new coal plants and to phase out existing plants. A couple of things to keep in mind about that asinine statement. For every coal plant we close, China opens two or three more. Plus, there will be a new president in the White House in a year that is going to undo just about everything Biden did. So Kerry's statement had all the weight of a popcorn fart. Kerry also announced that America was joining the powering past coal alliance, a pact with nearly 60 other countries. No word on whether China was invited. Then somehow he tied this into our plan to limit global warming to one and a half Celsius. As if he or any man really has a shot in hell of actually accomplishing the feat, Kerry and Biden want to invest our energy in solar and wind where they have better chance to take kickbacks. Christmas sales of my novel Roll Me Away are picking up. Many thanks to those who have bought a copy. To those of you who haven't, what's holding you up? The reviews are coming back very positive as well. You know, I have a Christmas special going on right now with 20% off, and I pick up the shipping costs. That was not my idea, but my publishers. I thought they were nuts, but then they explained to me they have sold more books than I have. Well, I thought, if they were going to put it that way. By the way, it will also be out an audio book in March for those of you that like to listen rather than read. I mention this specifically for you truckers. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chiro at Court Street Ford, now in their 40th year service in the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups. Court Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. And now for my latest commentary. By now, you've probably heard of the efforts by certain states to remove Trump from the 2024 presidential ballot. Rhode Island is the most recent state to reject that effort. This rejection comes after similar dismissals from Florida, Colorado, New Hampshire, Minnesota, Michigan, and the District of Columbia. There are 18 more states considering denying Trump on the ballot. The reason is Trump supposedly engaged in insurrection due to his actions related to the January 6th protest at the Capitol. The disqualification decree comes from Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, 
which bars people from holding office if they have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. This section was enacted to prevent members of the Confederacy from the Civil War from running for office. As it pertains to the court cases to remove Trump, I assumed this was another avenue the swamp was using to derail the Trump train. It was a reasonable assumption when one considers the various bogus indictments that have been leveled at him by various corrupt state's attorneys like Letitia James and Jack Smith. At present, there is only one individual filing all these cases, though, through various law firms. Supposedly a Republican presidential candidate from Texas, John Anthony Castro, is the man filing those frivolous lawsuits. I say supposedly Republican because until 2020, Castro was a Democrat, which would include the time Trump was in the White House. My suspicion radar was peaked, despite the fact that my late father always called me a suspicious bastard. I did some digging into Castro. As I thought, Mr. Castro is a nut job. He's a highly educated nut job, but still he's a nut job. I hate to give him any publicity, but it's important the public knows what's behind these efforts to knock Trump off the ballot. The 40-year-old Castro has a bachelor's degree from Texas A&M, a Juris Doctor degree from the University of New Mexico, and a Master of Law degree from Georgetown. He uses all that education to be a tax advisor. As a student at Georgetown, he was banned from the university job fair for deliberate misrepresentations. On his resume, in Chabance, we call a deliberate misinterpretation a lie. The university even considered expelling him over the matter. One of the lies was his claim to have been a cadet at West Point, which did not happen. He's run for several positions in public office, but has never won. He worked in a law firm, so it appears this experience, in his mind, qualified him to be an attorney. However, he is not, nor ever has been, a member of the State Bar of Texas, where he lives, nor any other state. This requires Castro to hire law firms to clog up the courts with the lawsuits he files to ban Trump from running against him. He seems to really enjoy filing lawsuits. Castro formed his own company, a tax preparation service in Dallas, Texas, called Castro & Company. He did refund work in which he kept a portion of the refund from his client. By 2019, his enrollment agent status was suspended for six months by the IRS. In 2020, Castro decided he should be president, so he launched a campaign saying, I've decided to run for president instead of becoming a billionaire. At the time he said that, he is being sued by American Express for a delinquent $53,000 bill. Castro has admitted he probably wouldn't win the nomination, but that's hopefully he would gain enough name recognition to become the next commissioner of the IRS. I might be in trouble if he does get that job. He's also claimed the CIA has attempted to plant bugs in his car, on orders from Donald Trump, of course. In 2023, he sued Trump for $180 million, claiming Trump and the IRS colluded to monitor, surveil, and harass him. Because of this, he demanded protection from the Secret Service. It appears Donald Trump is in his head as much as it is Nancy Pelosi's. For these reasons, I've come to the conclusion Castro is nothing more than a nuisance and a nut job. I don't understand why he's allowed to clog up the court systems with his absurd claims. I don't believe 
he's a Republican, and wonder who is bankrolling his activities. Call me suspicious, but this has the smell of the swamp all over it. That's all I got for you, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. If you'd like to advertise on this podcast, please let me know. I could always use more sponsors. Check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com. Thanks a million for listening. Bye now. Bye now.